We're blessed to have such lovely people in this congregation that love the Lord Jesus Christ. We're blessed to be part of a, a family. We're blessed to have a Savior who, who loves us. And I want to preface what I'm going to talk about is the dynamic of where we stand today as individuals. We stand in the midst of a big spiritual battle that goes on. That's where we're set. I hope most of us, if not all of us, are saved and belong to Jesus. We're in the kingdom of God. But there's an enormous battle in which the kingdom of God exists within and it's, it is about the subject that I'm, I've been given to talk about. It's about the presence of God. One, the kingdom of darkness and Satan would have you believe that the presence of God is not with you. The other, the kingdom of God, would want you to know his presence. The battle is over for the believer knowing that he is with you and in you and for you. And that's the battle that exists. And sometimes you can feel far from that place. And other times you can feel close to his presence. And when you know his presence, then amazing, amazing, amazing things happen in our lives. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes if, if you if you would. So your attention is not on anything but him. That you would know his presence. Just like you promised you've come Just like you told us you're here And our desire is that you know We love you We worship you we welcome you here Just like you promised you've come Just like you told us you're here And our desire is that you know we love you, we worship you, we welcome you here. Amen. I felt God tell me I needed to sing. And if you know my voice, you'd know that's a big ask. If you know that I'm carrying a head cold and a guitar, that's an even bigger ask. And if it wasn't enough, then 
Nobody should say it gave Ian courage and boldness. So I was, uh, there was no getting out of that, but that was not a, just a, a cheap thing to start a sermon with. It was something that was very, very real to know that Jesus has come and that he's here and that he's with you. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, if you would. I only have verse, I don't have page. The other Ian could tell, and that's page such and such on the, in the church Bible, but um, you'll find it. Exodus 33. Exodus 33, sorry. Eventually you'll find it, if I give you the right verse. Exodus 33, um, verse 12. Moses is facing a huge challenge. Huge. He's, he's called to lead a disobedient people who are rebellious against God and rebellious against him. The first set of Ten Commandments have been smashed because while Moses was collecting them, of receiving them from God. Aaron and the people had built or uh, made a golden calf. And here Moses realizes the challenge before him. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you. By name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you. What will go with them? What will go with them? His presence. And I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, or I will cause my presence to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one may see my face. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock when my glory passes by, his presence. I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face you must not see. The people were not seeing or hearing God. And aware of his own weakness, Moses asked God, 
Teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor. And God's response to that request about teaching him his ways was my presence will go with you and you will find rest. My presence will go with you. We are people, we are just like Moses. We are people of God's presence. That's who you are. And that's who I am. That's what I'm called to be. A person of God's presence. It's the one distinctiveness that I have over the very many good people in the world. I'm a bearer of the presence of God. And I can know the presence of God. God would that all men could and would. Today it's not simply about preaching. It's about knowing God's presence. You know, letters about someone and memories about someone, they're not good enough. It's about knowing their presence. There's no value of me imparting facts this morning. Rather, it's imparting life. It's actually imparting the presence of God through the word of God. The Holy Spirit. And do you know God's presence is intentional? This isn't a hide and seek, a now you see me, now you don't sort of God. It's a God who wants you to know and live and have your being in his presence. When two or three are gathered in my name or come together in my name, there am I with you. My presence is, is with you. On that day you will realize that I am with the Father and you are in me and I am in you. My presence is, is in you. John fourteen sixteen and 7 says that, you know, I will ask the Father and he will send another comforter to be with you forever. The gift of the presence of God. Hallelujah. This is what it's all about. That was all salvation was about. It was about providing us with the presence of God. To taking away everything that separated me from his presence. Hebrews 13.5 says, And never will I leave you, nor forsake you. I don't, I, I won't take my presence from you. You might do some stuff that might remove you from my presence in your mind. But I will never leave you. Can anyone say praise the Lord to that? That no matter how you feel or what you've done, his presence is he's not going to take his presence from you. I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives within me. His presence. You know, in, in all that's happening in the world, 
that there is a people that were saved to be bearers and to know the presence of God. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, Revelation 3.20. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, my presence will come. We're not talking about, we're talking about God. He's standing at the door knocking that his presence may be with us. I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He wants our presence. And it's distinctiveness. It's, it's what makes us different. The world's got many bright people. Even got some that know lots of formulae. But they don't know the author of every formula. And they haven't got the one who actually brought those formulae into being present with them. It was always intentional that they would become bearers of God's presence. When his presence was, was in, the, in and with the, the Ark of the Covenant. It was that he would be with his people. That he would be in the temple. He would reside there. That he would be in the church. Moses was told there's a place to stand. Well, that, there's no place to stand now because his presence is in my heart. I don't need to find a rock to stand on other than Christ Jesus. Christ in us. The fragrance of Christ because his presence is with you. Some of you have put on aftershave or perfume today. And there's that, you can smell the fragrance of what they carry, what they've allowed to be on them. You and I go into that world bearing a different fragrance that has actually been put on us, even though we're told to clothe ourselves in Christ. The very aroma of Christ. This must be the second hallelujah, yeah? This is, this is why you're so beautiful. Because you carry the beauty of Jesus. The glory is within. We used to sing a, a cringe chorus, which is, I love you in the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you in the love of the Lord. And I'd do it in my old church because I'd make people look at each other, which I won't do. But you can have a look at your corner of your eye. Yes, I love you in the love of the Lord. I love you in the love of the Lord, for I see in you the glory of my King. I love you with the love of the Lord. You see the presence of Jesus in one another. How wonderful. And it brings knowledge of him. How how do we pray? With this hurricane, with the earthquake, with the persecution? Yes, you can pray for relief for people. But you pray that they'd know the presence of God just without. Is the greatest prayer we could pray. That those that are being persecuted and 
and the awful things happening in this world, he prayed that they would know the presence of God just without. And everything can change. Read Psalm 91. I won't read it all, I'll read a verse. Verses 14 and 15. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. Some of us this morning need to know him with us in the very place where we are. In the things that we are struggling with now. Maybe he wants us to know his presence before he delivers us from it. He wants us to know in it. And I will deliver him and honor him. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob. He who formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, O I summoned you by name. You are mine. See this possessiveness of God. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Because of his presence. Because of his presence. There's so much that we don't understand in life. I don't understand why a man that we were with on Monday in prison some years ago went to a petrol station and got a pump and doused himself with petrol and set light to himself. Fortunately, there were police at hand, but he still carries horrible burns. I don't understand that. I do understand that he now carries the presence of Jesus in a wonderful way because he knows and loves him and walks with him and testifies to him. I don't know why a 15-year-old should have taken his life on Friday and then gets done. I don't know. But I do know the presence of God. I do know that he's alive. God's presence is everything. Do you know the absence of his presence is awful? Ichabod, the glory of God is gone. David would cry, do not cast me aside or or cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me. He cried, "Don't, don't let this happen. Do you know what absolute absence of the presence of the Lord is? It's hell. It's hell. From the beginning, God was with Adam. He shared his presence with Adam. That presence was broken through sin. 
Jesus came bringing back the presence of God to earth. Throughout the Old Testament, certain people, certain times, bore the presence of God. The Spirit came upon them and was with them. Jesus was crucified, laid in a tomb, and then for a moment his presence was taken when he died. And then wonder, glory, hallelujah, three days later, he rose from the dead and his presence was back on earth. The resurrection. You know, the resurrection's not about an empty tomb. It's about his presence. And then on the ascension, then he, he was taken up and his presence was gone from the earth and said, wait. You wait in Jerusalem for the promise the Father has given. And ten days later, on that day of Pentecost, with a whoosh and a tongues of flame, his presence came back to earth again. My third hallelujah. His presence was back with his people. And they were transformed. We need to recognize and practice his presence. If we truly lived as though we believed his presence was with us, what sort of people would we be? How would you think? How would you behave? How would you how would you react and respond? This tragic account in Luke 19 about that the people did not or did, were not aware of the day of his visitation in Jerusalem and he wept. They were not aware of his presence. The very presence of God had come to be with mankind. Let's live according to the fact that he's here. And act according to the truth that his spirit is with us. Joe, you're right, that clock is still saying the same time. I was told as a preacher, if if you don't look at your watch, other people will look at theirs. Yeah? It's all right, they're still saying the same time. But others will notice his presence. Moses had to have his faith covered. In Acts 4.13, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled or ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. They'd been in his presence. You know, this is what Christianity isn't just about coming together on a Sunday morning. It's being encouraged to beware of his presence and all that he's got for us and to carry that presence into the world that people may be aware. And they might say, oh, you're a churchgoer. Hmm. Yeah, not for me. No, I'm a bearer of the presence of Jesus. I carry the fragrance of Christ. I'm the salt of the world. I'm the, the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. That's who I am. 
because of me, but because of him. Because I love his presence. I covet it. I long for it. I enjoy it. To be in his presence. Hey, that must be the fourth hallelujah. A treasure in earthen vessels. Glory. I must read that 2 Corinthians 4 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us, his presence. But let me read the verse before. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ in his presence. Why? And then he goes on to say, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. That's why we need the presence of God, because life ain't going to be easy. But with him, but with him. It's meant to be our way of living. Enoch faithfully walked with God. Every day of his life he knew the presence of God. I close with John 20. If you've got a Bible, turn with me because I'm going to read a little passage. Verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. He brought his presence to them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his sides. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are, not, they are, uh, they are forgiven. If you, do, if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He was not aware of the presence. He knew about the resurrection, but he did not know and experience the presence. When Je- he, he, sorry, he was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. And he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Through the do- Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood amongst them again and said, Peace be with you. 
Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you have seen, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So again, the resurrection was not about an absence of a body. It's about the presence of Jesus. There's some here this morning that know and believe Jesus rose from the dead. But are yet to truly know his presence. I say that again. There's some here this morning that know and believe that Jesus rose from the dead but are yet to truly experience and know his presence. The disciples were behind locked doors. They'd heard he had risen. Their hopes were shipwrecked. They were confused with fear. Do you know, fear is about the absence of the knowledge of the presence of God. When I know he's with me, I have no fear. I have no fear when I know he's with me. I have all fear. That's why this battle is about you not knowing the presence of Jesus. Satan would want you to be fearful or fearing. God wants you to have courage. Jesus came and stood alongside them. See, knowing Jesus is alive is not enough. They needed to know his presence. He knew that. This was not about a historical fact. This was about the reality of a living Lord. He is here with us now by the Holy Spirit. You need to know his presence. Jesus didn't give them a lecture. With Thomas, he didn't didn't rebuke him in any way. He showed him the wounds of his body, which were just a, a, a week old. And he said, touch, that you might know my presence. Those wounds declared his love and the triumph of the cross. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you, and he breathed on them. The token of Pentecost. How I need the breath of God. How I say lovingly to each one of us here. There might be lots of things on your wish list, on your bucket list, or any other list you might have. But the top of them is the breath of God. The very, very, very top is to know his presence with you now. Not just with us, but with you. He came back for one man, Thomas. 
because he wanted Thomas to live a life knowing the presence of God. Thomas, we don't hear about in the rest of the Bible. But we've been to southern India, and in southern India that they believed that history would, would seem to indicate that maybe Thomas became a missionary and took the gospel to India. Enormous cathedral, St. Thomas's Cathedral in Chennai. Every one of these disciples knew the presence of God and, 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 and of Jesus and lived godly lives. Most, apart from, from John, believed to be martyrs. They were told to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then ten days later, that promise that, 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 that he was with them but he would be in them, each of them would do greater things that he had done. How? Why? Because of his presence. Our lives should be fashioned around the fact that he's alive. Not about the, the fashioned around my background or what's happened to me. What I've got or what I haven't got. My ability or, or my disability. It should be fashioned around the fact that he is with me. And with you. Is this my fifth or sixth hallelujah? So it's a challenge. Not to simply believe that he has risen, and he has, and he sits at the right hand of the Father, and he reigns. He has all authority. But to be aware of his presence. Others of us here may have known this wonderful presence, but now we've allowed it just to become a fading memory God wants it to be current he has no scrapbook of memories that he wants us to live by but live by his spirit